0: Today is a uh, a fast day, though, also. I don't know if I uh, probably should have warned everyone beforehand. Today is the 17th day of Tammuz. The 17th day of Tammuz is a day that five bad things, at least listed in the Mishnah, going back uh, almost 2000 years already, we have five bad things that happened to us on the 17th of Tammuz in our Jewish history. And since then, more bad things have happened as well. And it really kind of ushers in this three-week time period when uh, things are not doing well for the Jewish people. And that culminates, of course, with So what were the five? Yeah, so the first one, this is, of course, when you look at the five things that are associated with Shabbat for seventy 17th day of Tammuz, five things that are associated with Tisha B'Av, there's going to be a link. In other words, the five things that occur on Tisha B'Av are all linked to each other in some way. That we can figure out ways to tie them together. And the five things that happen in Shiva Sivrat Thomas are also all linked with each other, right? So obviously the very first thing that happened on, on Shiva Sivrat is going to be the breaking of the luchos, okay? So Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Sinai and he sees the Jewish people dancing around the, the golden calf, and therefore he breaks the luchos, Okay. So that's the very first thing that happens. And of course, that kind of sets the tone for what, what's going to happen on this day in, in, in the future as well. Okay. So in addition, what happens is we have the, uh, that's the very first thing that happens that takes place in the desert. Then what we have is the, the every single day, there were two offerings that were brought in the base of Mikdash every day of the year. Okay. These two offerings were called the Karban Tamid. Okay? So why are they called the Karban Tamid? Tamid means continuous. And it says, it says, um, I in mean, each and every day and morning, you have to bring these offerings. And, um, you know, we're, we're, so many of us are familiar with the Pasuk, you know, the pasik, the quote of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva famously says, the fundamental principle of the Torah is, you shall love your fellow Jew as yourself. That's the fundamental principle of the Torah. What we are not familiar with is that actually this is a dispute. And there are two other opinions as well. In one opinion, it states that the fundamental principle that the Torah ruling or that we can distill the Torah purpose of life is the idea that everybody is created, but salam aleikim, everyone is created in the image of God. Okay, those seem like pretty fundamental ideas. Both of those are pretty fundamental to life, I agree. The third opinion quoted in this medrash is the idea that each and every day you have to bring an offering once in the morning, once in the afternoon. It's just like, it doesn't really seem to qualified, doesn't seem to re- raise, you know, rise to the status of this is something which is fundamental. It doesn't really seem to reach the same heights as Rabbi Kiba's statement, right? Or, or that everyone is created in the Salomelo Kim. So the answer, of course, is that the goal in life is to come into this world on one state and to leave this world in a different state, to leave this world in a different stage, a different place. Now, the only way that we will accomplish that is through consistency. I want to heard from a very wise man. I'm not that smart. I'm just very persistent and I work very hard. And therefore I get to where I need to get to in life, right? Consistency is key though. That is, is completely true. Consistency is key. And that's what the, that's what this idea is, is that if someone says, listen, I, I go like five days a week, I work for God. The other two, uh, yeah, that's the weekend I'm off. Or, you know, I take some paid time off over here, paid time off over there. And these days I don't really care about my, okay, like a couple of days off, God can give me a couple of days off. It's not the reality. The reality is that we are creatures. who Everything that we do has an impact on ourselves, not just on the world around us, but also on ourselves. And when we act in a way one day like this, it's difficult the next day to get back up again. Now, of course we can. And of course we can keep on rising. Obviously everyone would love to have a nice, uh, you know, um, a straight straight line or straight line that's going up on a continuum, and that's the idea. That's the goal. The goal is to always be working, to always be working, to make yourself a better person. That's what the can tam- it symbolizes, and that's what the tamid was doing for us on a regular basis. It was brought on behalf of the entire Jewish people, and even when the Jews were besieged, Jerusalem was besieged. They were still bringing the carbon tamid every day. Actually, the the besiegers were they were sent down. The Jews would send down a basket with a lot of money. And the people who were besieging them would send up another basket with two lambs to bring us their offerings. And this was going, taking place during the siege. Why were the Romans doing this? Maybe they were greedy. Maybe they were doing this because they believed that there was some power, that the Jewish God also had power. Who knows? But they were doing this for many a, a long time period until finally that, that actually stopped happening. When that stopped happening, that was a terribly sad thing. And it happens to be that it stops happening on the 17th of Thomas. The collapse of the walls, in other words, that's when they made the breaches in the walls. And then we have the the last two are um, who are someone burned the Torah scrolls also happened on, on Shabbos Thomas. and another one is that someone took a took a uh, an idol and placed it into the Holy of Holies. Right, so that was the the five five tragedies, bad things, and these all have have a linkage with each other. So we, we fast on on the seventeenth of Tammuz. The reason why we fast is to help bring us to a a repentance, the state of repentance, the state of recognizing what we're doing wrong. It's we, we are disrupting our our uh, regular schedule, we're disrupting our regular behavior, and through doing so, we kind of sort of recalibrate who we are and w- what's important to us, and that's the goal of of the fast. Um, on that on that note, by the way, just I wanted to share with you guys quickly something that I said yesterday in um, in EmaGraha. I was uh, I, I spoke as Rabbi Feldman was away, and uh, there was a question that was asked to me by a student this past week, and the question is, how is it that Bilam, right? Bilam has an ability to prophesy, his ability to listen to Hashem speaking, he has a connection with God. Not only that, he stands and he gives this beautiful, beautiful blessing to the Jewish people at the end, the Matovu al Yaakov. In fact, many people say it every morning, right? The blessing that we say every morning is that which Bilam gave to us. What is this idea? The idea is he's saying, look how beautiful the tents of Israel are. Look how they live their lives properly. It's an incredible thing. The question that he had was, why is it that Balaam didn't convert? Why is it that he doesn't become a Jew? If he's able to speak to God, he recognizes that the God of the Jewish people is the right God, is the only God. And he recognizes that Jewish people are living their lives the proper way. Why doesn't he convert? That was his question. (laughs) We want to ask the question a little bit differently. We could say, okay, we understand why he didn't want to convert. But why would he go and strategize with Moab how to entice the men of the Jewish people to this terrible, you know, seduction that causes, uh, you know, war strife and a plague? Why would he possibly do that? How does he not recognize that this is the right way of living? Why does he want to disrupt it? That was his question. So I, I think the, the the answer is when you look at the, the incidents that are taking place, the way the Parsha is describing for us Bilam you see two things that I think are, are pretty are pretty fascinating. Number one, he's riding on his donkey. He's riding on his donkey and the donkey stops going. And he starts hitting his donkey and hits the donkey three times. And finally, the donkey starts talking to him and says, what are you doing? Why are you hitting me? So Billam says, well, you made fun of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you. And like, one second, your donkey just started talking to you. So instead of falling off the donkey flabbergasted and saying, what's happening over here? You're just like, I need to go forward. You are stopping me from going forward. I will kill you. What kind of incredible, incredible set in your ways, right? To be incredibly stubborn to say, I'm doing this and nothing is going to change my mind. I have a preconceived notion of what is right and there will be nothing that will sway me even for a moment, right? So that's point number one, you have to be an incredibly stubborn person to say, all of these impetuses, all of my stimuli are telling me that I should be changing, but what you say is, no, nope, change is not for me." Number two, I think there's another point that's very important. Hashem says to Bilam, "Who are these people who have come to you?" And Bilam's like, "Oh, these are people who the king of Moab has sent to me." Like What's your point? Does God not know who they are? Like what is your response by saying that the king of Moab sent them? So the Arachayim who's whose uh, yard site was last week on Thursday, he explains like this, Arachayim Ibn Attar from Morocco, he explains what Bilam was saying to Hashem is, listen, I really want to listen to what they have to say. Out of honor for the king, I, I, I let them stay overnight and I'll, I'll listen, I'll hear them out, but I don't really want to listen. To them. The reality is, we see later on, Bilam is speaking to, to Balak and he says to Balak, even if you were to give me a house full of gold and silver, I still wouldn't be able to deviate from what God wants. So Rashi says, me think he doth protest too much. When, in other words, the fact that he says, if you were to give me a house full of gold and silver, I still wouldn't be able to deviate, that's an indication of what he really cares about. Why did he join the mission in the first place? Because he wants the gold, right? Show me the money, right? So that's, that was Bill's real motivation. So when he's speaking to God and saying, well, I'm about honoring the king, it's not that he's lying to God. He doesn't think he could lie to God. He's lying to himself. He's not being self-aware. So there are two things that have to happen to stop us or that that when they do happen and these two characteristics, we have these character traits, it is impossible for us to change. Number one, a lack of self-awareness. Number two, an inability to say, I'm aware that this is wrong, right? But I'm going to change. It's very difficult. When you're setting your ways, it's very difficult to change, especially when you're doing things a certain way your whole life. It's very, very difficult to change, right? And therefore, Bill said, I can't change. But of course, I think the message that we have to take out of the parish is that the parish has a message for us. The message is what we are supposed to do. We are a stubborn people. Jews are considered to be a stubborn people. God tells us continuously we're very stubborn people. But we also have this ability to maybe sometimes to a fault to be almost neurotic, right? But we we do examine our behaviors and we figure out what we've done wrong. We figure out what it's time to change. And we are not stubborn when it comes to change. When we realize it's time to change our behaviors because we need to grow, we need to make ourselves into better people, we do so with alacrity. And yesterday, when I was I was standing, in I was looking around the room, a room full of people who have made changes in their lives, very right? significant changes, and many of whom made changes at later points in their lives, right, and they didn't say I'm stuck in my ways, I will never change, they said, no, 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 this is the right thing to do, I'm going to change, I'm going to figure out how to get to where I need to get to, I highlighted one specific individual, who at the age of 77 put on tefillin for the very first time, right, I didn't you have not been in show, but I highlighted that specific individual because I, to me that's something that's incredible, right? To say I'm living my life a certain way, but now I realize it's not exactly how I ought to be living my life. I'm going to change and actually do that. That's incredible. Incredible. Something that I think I think we all can, can learn from. Yeah. And, and I think that's something when you see the contrast, you see bellum just so sad in his way, it's just <laughs> the donkey is speaking to you. And you just say, get out of my way. I want to move forward, as opposed to saying, hmm, why is the donkey speaking to me? Where did that come from? Right? You don't even ask yourself that. Why? Because you're so set in your ways, nothing is going to change. That's a terrible, terrible midah, a terrible, terrible quality, a terrible character trait. And uh, yeah, we all should continue to, to look for ways to change, to make our lives better, to make, make ourselves better people as well. Okay. And in that merit, by the way, in that merit, then Amir Tashem, by Tisha it will no longer be a Tisha B'Av. It will no longer be a day of, of uh, fasting. and and morning, but it can be a day when when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us back based on Mikdash. Okay. Take care, guys. Be well. Good night.